Hi, I am Anthony. And I'm Josh. Welcome to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week and do a podcast about it. How you doing today, Josh? Um, this is probably like the highlight of my day and it's like 10 o'clock. So, I mean, it's a, it's been a long day. I'm on a, I'm on a road trip of Florida going to job interviews. So, um, kind of exhausted, but excited to finally talk about some movies since it's been a, uh, a long couple of weeks where I've been on the road. Yeah. We've, we've both, I guess, seen a good amount of movies in the last couple of weeks, but we haven't really had time to talk about it with, uh, our schedules, I guess. So. Yeah, I've been on this road trip, but like there was a stretch last week where I saw three movies in three days in three different theaters across two cities, and I saw another one yesterday in a different city in a different theater. So I've I've got I, I haven't let this road trip slow me down. It's just a little hard to arrange times to pot to do pods when I'm on the road. Yeah, and so today, you know, with all the buzz, we figured, you know, why not talk about Colin Kaepernick, right? And they, oh no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, people really want our the two <laughs> the two privileged white kids takes on Colin Kaepernick. Hey, chill with the white, bro. Chill with the white. Um, anyway, so today we're gonna be talking about Don't Think Twice. Uh, it's kind of like a indie movie by written and directed by Mike Birbiglia, who you guys might know as the husband in Trainwreck of Brie Larson's husband, the kind of goofy dude. Um, and stars Michael Keegan from Key and Peele. Keegan Michael Keegan Key. Michael Key from Key and Peele. Jillian Jacobs, um, Mike Birbiglia is in it, uh, a couple other people. Uh, yeah, Chris, we... Chris Gethard, who plays like um, Ilana's boss on Broad City, and that's about the only other person you would really know, yeah, aside from yeah, a couple cameos. Yeah, aside from a couple cameos. So um, I guess the reason we wanted to talk about it is, I, I mean, I think it's probably one of the better movies that we've seen, and it's one of the more interesting movies that we've seen recently. And, uh, you know, there isn't really a lot of high-profile stuff out right now, and I think we both had a little bit to say about it. So where do you want to start, Josh? Yeah, I, th- I mean, first of all, it's one of the m- most well-reviewed movies of the year, if it, even if it's not like something that got a ton of attention because it's a small independent movie with a very – that's had a very slow release. But it literally only has one negative review on Rotten Tomatoes and like several – several positive. I don't know the right number off the top of my head, but it's literally as close to 100% as you can be without being 100%. And it was one of the more... it was one of the more uh, anticipated movies for me just because I, I saw how the early, the early word was so positive and I um, I like I like some of the people involved. Like I, I like Mike Birbiglia. I haven't watched a lot of his stand-up. I've only seen bits of it. I have some of them bookmarked on Netflix. Apparently a lot of my friends tell me it's really good. I, I thought his first movie, Sleepwalk With Me, was pretty solid, but this one was getting even a better word than that. And I really like Gillian Jacobs and I'm – I, I, I like Keiko Mike and Key too, even if um, I've never been a huge Key and Peele fan. I think he's pretty good at acting whenever I see him. He's popped up in a lot of different things throughout the years. In addition to, like, I mean, I guess I guess Keanu earlier this year was, like, the first thing he was really, like, a lead in. But, like, he's popped up on so much stuff on TV, and he's pretty yeah. good. So I was excited for all involved, and I saw the reviews. And I really like this movie, too, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on why you did it as well because one of the things that I saw when I saw a lot of reviews were, oh, I mean, this movie will, like, make you feel really good, and it's, but it's also – and it's really heartbreaking, but it's also hilarious throughout and, like, laugh, like laugh out loud funny throughout, which is something that, like, I came ex- – because of that, I came expecting to laugh a lot, but I really didn't, but it didn't bother me. Because even though this is a movie about comedians make doing improv comedy and it's just a comedy in and of itself as a movie, I, I like I laughed some, but it wasn't like I was like rolling on the ground laughing the whole time. But I still really enjoyed this movie, and I wonder where you just stand on the actual comedic factor of it all. Yeah, um, I actually saw you either post on Facebook or tweet about that uh, earlier mm-hmm. this week, right? Like I think probably like right before I saw it. Um, I, I I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, it wasn't. 
I think it's hard recently. I don't even think we've had that many good comedies. I know we've talked about it before. I think something. Yeah, but you don't. Like, you, don't you don't really like comedies, though. You like so. bad comedies, so we'll keep <laughs> it at that. Um, I laughed more at this than I did at Keanu personally. I mean, this was more my kind of humor. I, you know, kind of like dark, sarcastic, um, making fun of people humor. Yeah, not about sex and dicks and vaginas and shit, which Sausage Party was. Um, and I, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, the movie is a little bit darker than you probably think it's going to be. Um, if you just go into it expecting a dramedy, you'll be a lot more satisfied. If you, I think, than if you go in expecting like a, like a, neat, yeah. like a backbreaking comedy or whatever. Yeah, the term it's is. not trying to be like Mike and Dave, where it's just whole purpose is to make you laugh at stupid jokes. It's it's. Oh, did way, you see that movie? Fuck no. <laughs> um, it's a more mature movie, I think. Than it's more along the lines of something like Trainwreck, although I think it's even a little bit more grounded than that. But that's sort of the category I put it in more than like a straight comedy, right? Why did why I well I mean I I don't I don't think it's really important to make that distinct well I don't think it's important for us to spend a whole lot of time well, on Well no, but you were asking me you said it was but I, 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 I didn't throughout. see like Trainwreck. I, I saw Trainwreck as something that was going for laughs a lot more and I did laugh a lot more, but I would say this is a better movie and I but like I, I like I, even though I didn't laugh as much as it seemed like the critics were telling me I was going to laugh, it wasn't like I felt like it was going for jokes a lot that fell flat or anything sure. like that. It was just like I didn't think they were going to make me laugh out loud as much. Do you consider yourself at all a fan? Not that you go to shows or anything, but do you have you ever been to a lot of improv comedy shows or really done much about it? Um, or not have any thoughts on not it? many, but like something like Impractical Jokers on TV, I watch and I've I've enjoyed every time I've I've seen it on TV. We used to sort I guess of we watch should- that in college a lot. I guess we should say because we didn't really give a synopsis of the we sure, started. Yeah, but it's a, it's it's a, don't think twice. I mean, is about an improv comedy group in New York City, and about six, six friends, yeah. six friends who have been in a long-standing improv comedy group, and they have a lot of fun, but they don't make a lot of money because you don't make a lot of money doing like off off Broadway comedy shows or whatever, and. One, and a, a couple of them get the chance to um, try out for what is essentially a show that's Saturday Night Live in all but name, and um, w- one of them makes it, and it's about the fallout and how the whole entire group copes with this and coming to a little bit of a realization of, hey, maybe I'm not going to do this forever. I'm 30 years old. I need to figure some shit out, and that's the premise of the movie. It's uh, fairly simple, but it's um, it just that just that small change to their group really affects a lot of uh, feelings and emotions and doubts and a lot a lot of different things. And it, and obviously, you can in hearing me just say that short description, you can see why there would be some dramatic uh, undertones throughout a lot of it, and that's why. I, I don't necessarily think of it as something like Trainwreck, even if I agree I probably did laugh more than I did at Keanu, but it, I, I don't think – I think it's going for something a little more dramatic than Trainwreck. Like I think in Trainwreck, Amy Schumer plays a couple of those dramatic scenes very well that involve her dad, but this is just a, a little more introspective, serious. Introspective, yeah. Introspective and serious in its tone throughout, even if I don't think Trainwreck was unearned in those dramatic scenes that it had. I think they were a little bit more few and far between. Sure, 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 sure. Um, um, but, but yeah, so – um, I, I the, the thing that really impressed me the most about this movie is that I mean not that I can think of a ton of movies that deal with the theme itself, but I mean even though parts of movies all of course always have, but as far as like being a main theme, I don't know how many you can think of where jealousy is the main one. I mean I know there's like that not so good Ben Stiller Jack Black movie Envy. I don't know if you ever saw that as wild no, wild sure. back. 
about like Jack Black investing in like a company that like you sprayed sprayed dog poop and it oh, just oh I dis- did see that <laughs> and and Ben Stiller declines to invest and then Jack yeah. Black gets rich and he's really mad at him like that's randomly the first one that comes to mind even though it's obviously like a plot point in other movies but as far as one where it's like the main theme I couldn't really think of any like that but this I really thought dealt with it in a very nuanced way and it felt very personal to me um, as someone who because it's something that can apply to a lot of things aside from show business though I do want to talk about some of the show business aspects but as someone like me who like I said I'm, I'm right now on like a job interviewing hunt and I, a lot of my friends from law school including you have already secured employment and i like that it forces you to ask your question like what is the right thing to feel when like a friend of yours finds success and you want to feel happy for them but you're also jealous at the same time and i think it deals with that uh, i mean it, it confronts it but it's not like uh but it's not like uh, corny or too over the top, yeah. over the top in like asking that question because it just it's just showing how these people react in different ways and they're not and because they're not reacting in like the most over-the-top ways they're dealing with it a little internally and they struggle with it and of course at times their feelings might boil over but i think it's still dealing with it in a very mature way yeah i would agree and i think that i i think that we sort of get a lot of scenes of people ending up by themselves and we sort of get a contrast between group setting and hey hear this good news and then see how they react and then you sort of get this panning of like five people by themselves and how they internally react to said news and and how that they should feel you know like you said jealousy versus i guess like proud like proudful like they want to be proud for their friends they want to be happy for their friends and they want them to be successful at the same time but it's i mean especially in, in this context it's something very easy to be jealous of because it's like someone's going from improv comedy for five dollars in New York to going to working for Saturday Night Live and and literally being on screen every Saturday in live audience, et cetera, et cetera. So and like a show that you watch that all of a sudden your friend is on. So it's not like a perfect parallel to like yeah. me and lawyering. Like I have friends that sure. go off and work on cases I'm never going to even hear of. Basically, sure, of course, it's different, but it's a, but it's like it's like way in your face in this, which yeah, is yeah, it's more of a friendship realistic. thing that they use the comedy of like this setting of instead of like, hey. It, Everything here has to apply to improv comics working – going to work for Saturday Night Live. Like that's not the premise. It's it's like Josh said. It's about how friends deal with you know, news they hear about their friends' uh, successes, et cetera. And I think it's like you will have a genuine reaction to it, and part of it is like also that he they couldn't be dicks because like he was in a position where he could possibly help them. They deal a lot with the sure. how much he actually can. I really like – I actually really liked how they dealt with like uh, Key's like – being put in that position where like he wasn't a total dick about it and he wanted to try and do right by them but he also wasn't like the best friend at certain times like it it felt like, like a less uh, a lesser movie would make him like an irredeemable person probably sure. yeah and it felt pretty relatable how he wanted to obviously look out for himself and rightfully so but like he wanted to do the try and help them in any way he could so like because he is in a position where he could potentially pass along their work to other people at this show it's like they're not going to try and alienate him but and they want to be happy for him but you can tell they're obviously especially the Mike Birbiglia character it's you know, interesting that like he's the director writer producer and he gave himself probably like the least likable of the characters in, in, a, in a certain way um, I mean like I mean there's the whole thing about him being creepy with younger girls but also yeah. him be, be, being like being probably like the most outwardly jealous um, at the same time he's um like he's happy for him but then like if you're happy for you can be happy for someone but then like you won't you like you, you might become resentful if you think they don't appreciate the opportunity at the same time yeah which is also i think fairly realistic it's like yeah maybe i'm as good as him maybe I, he's i'm not but like he's really good so he's earned it but like if he doesn't really seem to want it then like then you might be then you might like 
lash out a little bit, which makes sense. Yeah, I think it's easy to resent someone in that in that place too, be, especially because like you know the first night he does this Saturday Night Live show, there's supposed to be an after party to celebrate him being on the show. Um, and you know he tells his friends they can join him, and then he kind of like doesn't answer his phone and kind of bails on them, right? And they're sort of like, oh, now like this this person he's like too cool for us kind of thing. And that's and I think that that's sort of um, you know. It, it goes across a lot of genres in movies and in real life, and so I thought that was interesting that they that they did that and they they confronted it too. And that's the thing is they present a lot of things in this movie and they ended up confronting them, which le- lesser movies sort of just present these ideas, sort of like we talked about on Almost Famous podcast, and then they just sort of let them sit there instead of sort of giving their take on them. Yeah, what did you think of the? Uh... Um, the Jillian, Gillian Jacobs character and her, what did you think when you first saw her show up to her audition and then leave? What did you, cause like, obviously I think your initial reaction is like, oh, she just got scared. But then it turns out to be a little something different from that. Did, what did you buy that character decision? Yeah. Well, see, that was interesting because we don't really, at the time that happens in the movie, we don't really have enough evidence to sort of correctly judge what happens. Not that it's our purpose. I mean, they explain to us what happens later on, but I don't know. I just figured she was she was scared. I, I, I really didn't know. Maybe she didn't want – since her, her and Key are dating, she didn't want one of them to get it and the other one not to get it. Or maybe she wanted him to get it. She loved him so much that if her not trying out would make him have a better chance to get it, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. And the one thing that was kind of weird about it is you know, he has this huge audition for this part on Saturday Night Live. And then his girlfriend just sort of doesn't talk to him for like eight hours, and he's just like, "Hey, what's up?" When she comes in, you know. Well, it was understandable that she would ghost on him for yeah, a little yeah, bit after, sure, like, because that, I mean, that's such a weird, like, being because, like, she was maybe kind of embarrassed and not really sure how to explain herself because he, she, she knew that he, she knew that he assumed that like she wanted it as much as he did, and he, she didn't really know how to explain herself to him. Probably. Yeah. No, no, no I was just saying his reaction, like, you know, you thought he would have been a little bit more like, yeah, I thought he was going to be a little bit more like. Because like, he he eventually does say, like, all right, what really happened. Yeah. But you would have thought they would have had that discussion a little sooner than they actually yeah. did. Yeah, and it might have been the whole, his whole, like, self – not that he's super self-centered, but sort of, like, he doesn't – he's kind of looking out for him at the same time. You know, he's happy for himself for getting the job and, like, kind of, like, putting everybody else on a little notch below, you know, looking out for number one kind of thing. But basically, what I what I what I really what really connected with me about that is that I've been going on all these job interviews, and like some of them, have, I mean, it's it's a little different because she's already doing something she likes, and sure. I've been going on job interviews, some of which I'm not convinced I really want to do. Yeah, and I'm like, um, I guess I'll walk in here. I don't really yeah. everything I know about this job doesn't exactly scream something I want, but like I need a job, and I guess technically she's in a similar situation. She has like a waiting job, like a lot of working actors, mm-hmm. like struggling actors do, but it's like. It, just because something is like more money and better, is that really going to bring you happiness? And it's like I'm trying to like weigh those options right now. It's like I could probably get some jobs that would pay decent money, but it's like a type of law that maybe I'm not that crazy about. But at the same time, how picky can you be? And I guess even though she's in her early to mid 30s, she's still like I can get by for a little longer and try and figure something else out. I don't know um, if that's if if we're supposed to think at the end that she's like actually at that point, like even though it does leave the characters in different places. But I mean, like it was interesting that like she was more struggling at that when we assume that she's just nervous because um, 
like I don't know. I I, I, did, I just thought it was something that was kind of interesting to think about because like a lot of people, it, or I, what I really did like was like the idea of like once that you actually see them watching the show together, and then then them just talking about like I mean it was a little it was obviously quite meta, but them talking about whether the show is like actually any good. Yeah. Because like the, I mean like I'm a much bigger SNL fan than you, but I'm sure you've heard that people always say. You, everyone always says SNL was at its best when, at the time, they were 14 years old, basically. Sure. And I have been watching since about that age, but I still think it's it's pretty good now. But I do think there is definitely something to the idea of um, going somewhere that's like obviously a little more where you're going to have more success by some standard, like financial, but definitely not as much so in like a creative sense. Sure, because. You're seeing like him, and they're like, "Yeah, he's obviously a talented performer, but this like this isn't funny." They're working within the constraints of network television, mm-hmm. but if you're doing an improv show, like you have the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, and I did think that was interesting because that's also part of what she was thinking about in making that decision. She's like, "I'm much more creatively fulfilled doing this work than like having to do like six minute sketches." Sure, and I think you see that thing a lot with like even with like radio personalities. Like, I mean, I I listen to a ton of podcasts too, and it's like a lot of my favorite like sports or media personalities are like way more enjoyable in podcast form than they are in like a 30 minute TV show. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they just get to do their thing. And I, I think there's something to that too, which I also appreciated that the, the movie kind of got at. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think you brought up a good point that's sort of transcendent uh, from the movie is, you know, doing a thing that can a like pay your bills, make things a little bit easier or sort of struggling to find the thing that you love. And when those two, when those two things don't intersect, it's, kind of problematic right because you want obviously you know you want the job that pays you the most money that's the thing that you love to do that you are happy doing it but it's like i feel like that in just generally in life is super rare and i think that's sort of the disconnect between key and and jillian in the movie because he like really wants to do it and that's like his dream and his passion and he gets it and then she's she i think i really like the moment when she's doing the the improv by herself a, I thought it was funny, and B, I thought it was like you could tell that like her character was like happier, yeah, just loose and happy and sort of just fulfilled with like this is enjoyable, this is what I like to do. I don't have to worry about anyone else, and I'm I don't even think that she was against you know being part of the group. She said it was the best like time of her life, but I think it just shows something that she was finally sort of had this moment where she was like, this is what I want to do, this is what I like, and then it seemed to make her more confident when she was teaching her comedy classes, etc. Because she was doing better at that by the end than she yeah. had earlier in the movie, and yeah. and like maybe maybe she had found a way to like well, that's what I was getting at earlier is like maybe she had found a way to do the teaching and make some money off of it, and just a way that was more fulfilling. It was a little hard to understand because like that's what that's what it seemed like the Mike Birbiglia's character's job was. Like yeah. I mean, I, I, we didn't see him at work. We saw all of the others at some type of job yeah. for the most part, except for him. So I'm guessing like he was somehow he, making enough. To, yeah, he was somehow making enough to get by in New York City, like. I guess crashing in like that apartment that like a bunch of them lived in and like this with the loft bed and like I guess like that was maybe his job like whatever he made off the improv plus that and um, so I guess maybe that's what she figured out was good for her at the end whereas she was a little more skeptical at the beginning. Uh, what did you think of the other members of the group besides the two um, of them? I thought they were all really good. I thought um, – shoot, I forget her name. Dare – Date? what does he call her? Um, uh, uh, there, I mean, there's the girl there, who was writing the the graphic novel. She was really good. Kate or Allison was her the character's name. The yeah. actress's name is Kate Michucci. Yeah, never seen was, never seen her in anything. I'm guessing yeah. she's a comedian of some sorts that Berbiglia is friends with. Yeah, I thought she was really good, and I thought her character arc was pretty good too. Um, I, I don't know, man. I think all of them were really good. It was very um, complimentary performances. 
I don't think any, like I think Key was probably like I don't know I, I guess the lead but I mean I don't know it seemed like they all had important parts of the movie and that and that his sort of arc just sort of changed everything for the rest of them not necessarily took place over them you know what I mean yeah and I um I, I wanted to specifically say I I I, I enjoyed the Chris Gethard guy um because. Yeah. That was kind of cool to see, like, the perspective of someone who was, like, clearly, like, an introvert more so than the rest of them off the stage and, like, clearly felt like – like, he didn't even – he really didn't give a shit about the money at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, he was going to write to submit to the show, but it was just, like, he liked that it gave him some kind of outlet where he could, like, have some kind of release that he wasn't getting elsewhere because yeah. he was clearly, like – just like a different person like he he's like saying yeah I, I might just seem like a nobody when i'm like out there but at least i have the feeling that i know i can go up there and kill which i which i thought was pretty cool i mean i don't know if it's something it would be like if i was just like if i never talked but then i came on this podcast sure. and i was like fucking awesome at doing the podcast <laughs> it's like same thing except i like i talk a lot in real life too so it's not analogous to that but it's kind of cool to see that kind of character who someone was just like really felt at home and just wanted that wanted that sense of belonging to something else that was pretty special and and, and i thought it was interesting how the, how the other girl like that ended up getting this show is just like kind of privileged and i'm sure there are people like that in the city that like whose families like afford them that kind of lifestyle in new york city and it's like i mean does that does like that question of like them calling her out and like does it matter that does she like does it, does she deserve it any less just because she never had to financially struggle and i mean i like i mean i guess the movie comes out on the side of like no not if you're talented i mean it, yeah, yeah maybe it might have been easier road for her but like the Berbiglia character is like really resentful it's like bro you probably just like aren't as good as you think you are yeah you don't have not, like, some, sometimes someone sometimes so, sometimes someone that just like maybe didn't really like, work as hard as you still has more natural talent and that's just gonna win out sometimes and you gotta you gotta live with that you know yeah i mean yeah. it's not like she was afforded any advantages with the work you know yeah so i yeah. mean I, I i don't know i kind of agree with how the movie portrayed it i mm-hmm. mean i understand the the resent and the anger from both sides but yeah i mean if she like, was n- good n- enough n- to get it then she then she deserves it yeah that's the great thing about this is because like a movie that relies that heavily on like character decisions and like the emotions of those characters and how they react to those decisions i think like movies that aren't as good would probably like just take some shortcuts to get to the final resolution and like when you're when you have that many characters that need to get to a certain point i think everyone in this movie is well drawn enough that it's like no one's like actually reacting to anything in a way that feels unjustified or out of character and it still like lands all the emotional beats really well at the end which i think is like the the highest compliment you can pay a movie that tries to go about itself like this yeah and you know and the thing is crazy is it's like 92 minutes right and you have you have a complete movie you have a complete uh, you know, characters, or actions, earning their earning their actions, resolutions, climax, etc. How often? And, how often on this podcast have we said like this movie could have used another twenty minutes to actually make this thing make yeah, sense? What did you say? To, like, like make four, that characters like <laughs> thing like actually make sense? Maybe like ninety percent of our podcasts. And that's why like we we like longer movies. We don't we're not going to like bitch about the movie like being two and a half hours, like a whole hour longer than this if like it's not boring and like it like makes everything makes sense within it. But like if you can achieve that in an hour and a half, it's all the more impressive. Exactly. So. Yeah, it just shows like it kind of reminds us like it can be done like these movies don't always have to just drag on and you can sort of just get to the point and still be nuanced and still you know 
I guess just what's all, yeah, and what's all the more impressive is that it manages to do that when at least ten minutes, probably a little more, of the screen time is them doing their uh, yeah. improv. Like so, and that's not. I mean, like yeah, you're learning about those people as performers, and some of them do like portray character moments, like the thing with Key at the beginning. But like for the most part, that's just more like them them showing us what they do. That what they do. It's not actually like t- telling us a lot more about the characters themselves. And uh, before I like went back and earlier and like started doing the um little plot summary since we got in too far into the pod without doing that but i was going to say when i was asking you if you liked improv was like it's something i've really never given a lot of thought to like i, I saw like a couple different points they did pop-up shows on the um our campus in college like that we did have an improv group on campus and i was like okay whatever like i wasn't like this is bad i'm like these people obviously like are talented but it's, i'm not getting a ton out of it and i guess i'd seen some other stuff on tv but i'd never really seen a full live show in person so i like i was excited for this movie for like everything but the improv but i did get a good amount of laughs out of of it when I've never really considered it my thing, yeah. and so that's 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 pretty impressive. I read somewhere too that Gil, uh, Gillian Jacobs had never done it before. Um, she 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 like she went to Juilliard, so she's a classically trained regular actress, not sure. like a. And she's done a lot of comedy work, but like to just be able to do what she did without ever having like a background in improv, where I'm guessing some of those other ones uh, act, actors did was uh, really impressive. Yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was really good, and I mean definitely something that I would recommend to anybody in any kind of movie fashion like I, I think if you just like watching movies you'll like the movie uh, you know just yeah and you, and you don't is. even have to and like i said you, you don't even have to like like improv comedy at all because if if you've ever just gone through a situation in life where like you were jealous of anyone for anything you're going to be able to relate to this movie and um and under and think that it and see how it really did a good job of dealing with those kind of uh, life issues and and you'll get some laughs too at the same time yeah so i think that I don't know. I mean, I think that's a good discussion. The the only thing about this movie is I think it's only made like $400,000 just because it hasn't really been had a wide release and it's not in that many theaters. So Yeah, well, it actually like it actually like sets it wasn't set a record, but it made like $90,000 in one theater its first weekend and it's gotten like 150 theaters, but like I don't know. Like I feel like it's something that like should be in more play. It finally just got the Gulf Breeze this tomorrow, which is like my hometown in Florida, which has like a small independent theater. But before this week, it had only made it made two point four million, um, which I guess I'm sure it wasn't expensive to make. So they'll end up getting their money back. But like, I hopefully it finds a wide audience somewhere. Yeah. So. so that's the thing is, I would say see if it's in a theater near you, and if it's not, it hopefully it hasn't passed, but it might be coming in the future. And if not, I'm sure it'll be out on-demand netflix or not netflix Redbox, um sometime soon and it's definitely worth you know it's only like i said it's only an hour and a half it's definitely worth watching and and you'll get more out of it than watching say batman v superman director's cut uh extended edition <laughs> i've heard the director cuts better i'll never know <laughs> um yeah yeah so uh thank you for listening you can find me on twitter at a clambic a-k-l-a-m-b-a-k-e and at Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. Podcast email, 52in52pod at gmail.com. And our Twitter handle, Josh? Is also 52in52pod because some asshole also <laughs> had 52in52 on Twitter. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Okay. So thank you for listening and give us a follow. Give us SoundCloud. You know, subscribe on iTunes, etc. Follow us on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.